Newcastle and Hunter Valley, still in URFM 103.7. For our sponsor, Balance Australia, it's health and wellbeing. And our wellness consultant, Philip Rankin, is here. And you've brought another special guest for us again. Special guest. But firstly, the most important thing, a big thank you and congratulations to Gabrielle. She has put together a wonderful and very simple and easy to make uh, uh, gluten-free bread. Now, the, the uh, recipe's on the mullenhealth.com website. Just go to the blogs. And thanks, Gabriel. That's great. And um, a couple of things. I've got the special guest of uh, all time, Peter Mullen, here with us to talk about gluten. But, Peter, I'll put you on the spot again today. It's a special story. Um, had a phone call on the way here today, and we really get some amazing, wonderful people in our life that make radical changes. And... It's all about, in the first instances, the, the, the intention and the cause behind talking to you about this program was that natural health and well-being is really an option. Uh, there's a discovery, or should I say an uncovery, that I have made personally that, like yourself, Peter, and for a lot longer, is um, it's so inspirational to come across these people. We get to talk to them on the evenings. They share wonderful stories, but then... The most important thing is three weeks later, they'll come back and tell you that I'm um, six kilos down, I've radically made some changes, and life is different. Yeah, look, absolutely, and that's that's why um, you know, I've been doing what I've been doing for the last 25 years, 25 years in February, actually, wow. and we've got a bit of a, a birthday celebration next year and a special um, offer that we'll be offering to um, all our followers as well, so more about that in the new year, but that's that's exactly right, that's what... Um, keeps me going after 25 years is seeing people make the changes and you know taking control of their not only their, only their health but you know have you as you've mentioned before it affects all areas of our life. A, a big hello to Elsa on the way here. Spoke to you and congratulations on some really wonderful news and a really radically changed life. Um, now Peter, I did a food intolerance test with you just not long ago. It came up that I was uh, a little bit intolerant to almonds. Now, big surprise for me. However, once I'd recognised that there was a change in my body that I did feel when I ate almonds. Let's talk about gluten intolerance. For sure. Well, just just on that, like um, uh, unfortunately that the gluten free bread that you've just had has almond meal. Oh, in I noticed it. that. And off air, actually, Philip asked me, "I've only got a mild intolerance. Does that mean I can only have?" Yeah. Almonds a little bit. Tell and I me, said, I can have no, almonds. Philip. No. You can't have almonds for a while until we repair your digestive tract. Right. Okay. And but that is a good question. And like you said, uh, <laughs> what the good news was is only for a little while. It's not forever, is it? Absolutely. With intolerances, you know, the goal is to try and help heal and repair the gut, improve the digestive function, so and take those foods out of the diet for a period of time, and then reintroduce them to see whether again your body can cope with them. So, so please, let's go back a little bit. Gluten, what is it? Well, as we were talking last week, we were talking about um, celiac disease. And, um, you know, it's, it's massively on the increase. A lot more people have been diagnosed. And celiac, um, as I mentioned last week, is an autoimmune condition or a reaction of the immune system to a protein in wheat, also in rye and barley, called gluten. Now, for a long time, like the general orthodox sort of approach is that you either have celiac disease or gluten's perfectly fine. But the latest research is suggesting, and as we've suspected for a while, that there's another subgroup of people that also have a problem with gluten, which is most likely a sensitivity, you know, in old terminology, intolerance, but the new terminology, a sensitivity to gluten, that 
aren't celiac and aren't going to become celiac, but will be getting a lot of the similar types of symptoms that someone with celiacs would have. Now, going back when I was a young whippersnapper, we used to stick our posters up on the wall with flour and water. Is is that similar to what's happening yeah, inside? Yeah, uh, no, no. Okay. But um, it, it for some people it is. You know, gluten um is is like the glue that sort of holds the bread together, and as we were talking about last time, traps the the carbon dioxide or the as the bread rises. So, um, but in the in the body, it's um, there's a fellow, an Italian researcher. Um, that I saw presented a seminar a couple of years back, and he was sort of saying from his research that it's actually an immune reaction gets triggered in the gut, that our immune system actually reacts to gluten in when we look at this gluten sensitivity right. in a different way to what happens with celiac. So someone with celiacs is autoimmune. Someone with a gluten intolerance or gluten sensitivity is still an immune reaction, but it's a different type of immune reaction. You don't get the damage to the villi that you get with celiacs. So with a gluten intolerance, you can still get a lot of very similar symptoms as what you get with the celiacs. Right. Um, and the other, and we can go more into the symptoms in the, the next part, but the other little bit of controversy around about um, wheat and gluten, and we might go on that in the next section. Sure. Um, the, the, the gluten, because we've um, it's coming on the market, we see it a lot offered in menus. There's a... There's, could, could we all benefit from being gluten-free? Is that too radical? Um, well, definitely I think there's a, there's a merit of being um, lower in gluten for most people than what we currently are, and certainly for some people. If, if it is a gluten intolerance, you know, total avoidance for a period of time and retest it to see. And, and this, is, this is probably the, this is the probably as I spoke of in the intro, let me just try it. I'll try it for six weeks without that gluten, see if it makes a difference, add it back into the diet, whether it's through or almonds, if there's an intolerance there. And if it's be it gluten, what's in the harm in trying it? Uh, that's exactly right. And the, the controversy around gluten is that if, if someone is celiacs, um, they definitely have to be tested and you definitely have to rule celiac out of the picture altogether before you start to change your diet around we're clearing out some mystery and it's the whole intention of the program to touch on subjects just um, open pandora's box if you like of some of the subjects we can get a little bit confused about and in, in just a short time peter we've got we'll share the tip of the iceberg and there is more information when we do have our, our evenings, just contact me on the mobile or, or the station or, of course, on the website for come along and, and hear a lots more of this information. Peter, um, what are the symptoms around gluten intolerances? Well, um, because um, – so the, the, the most important thing with this whole um, debate about gluten is for people to be really clear about what's going on. So – Getting, getting a, a clear idea of what, what's causing what is the most important thing. So we need to rule out celiac. Um, with wheat, there's an interesting concept that I'll go into a little bit more in a moment when we get off the, the gluten. One theory around why a lot of people may react to the wheat may actually have to do with um, molecule or compound or um, element called fructans, which is in the wheat. And this comes from a, a concept or a diet called the FODMAP diet which we might talk about another time, but some of the symptoms associated when people eat wheat may actually come from the fructans, which are large sugar-type molecules that get fermented in the large intestinal tract by bacteria there. So 
this is a little bit some of the so someone can be celiac or someone can be gluten intolerant or someone may also and or also be reacting to other things in the wheat but sticking with gluten intolerance which is definitely gaining more scientific foothold in actually being a recognized condition some of the um, symptoms that um, are associated with gluten intolerance or a lot of the symptoms associated with gluten intolerance with is the same as for celiac right so you've got all initially you've got all your gut gut sort of reactions you know bloating you got variability right. so it starts with the gut gut related things um, other symptoms can include things like um, well definitely the digestive symptoms and I've seen quite a bit of constipation in kids right. when they've got a gluten intolerance as well um, fatigue brain fog or feeling tired after a meal that contains gluten um, there's definitely a connection with um, certain autoimmune conditions, which we'll talk in, about in a moment with some of the associated just, conditions. Just on that fatigue, Peter, so the body's obviously going into overload, trying to cope with, let's say, not the right stuff that's gone down, and, and the gut's now taking a lot of energy to break that down. Is that Yeah, absolutely. Where the that's, where the, that's where the fatigue really comes in, is the body's working on reacting to something that, you know, and we do eat it in quite large um, amounts. And that's one of the theories around how intolerances may develop is that we base our diet on wheat-based products and we have done for quite a while. So, you know, most people every day would have bread of some description. There's pasta, there's, you know, muffins and cakes and, you know, so that, so if we overload the body with a, with, with a similar type of food over a long-term period, it seems likely that we're most likely going to going to develop an intolerance to that food. And, and here, here again, is it just a you? If you're sitting there and there's a reaction to the food that you're having, it's it's the body's way of communicating, starting to talk to us. Absolutely, that things are out of balance, and you know, food really does affect us all a lot more than what we realise. But it's only sometimes, like for instance, with with um, gluten, it's only when you cut it out of your diet. Um, often that you'll see whether it really is an issue for you or not. And it can be associated with symptoms like migraines, skin rashes, um, eczema-type rashes. Um, it can be associated with joint pain in some people, like the symptoms. And this is why it's quite tricky to um, ascertain when someone comes to see us and they've got such a wide range of variable symptoms. You know, we always start with the diet first, try and clear the picture and what I've found over the years is often when we put people on a gluten-free diet for a short period of time, because again, the most important thing is that that person works out what suits them and what doesn't, a lot of those bizarre, wide-ranging symptoms will clear and we'll get a much better idea of where that person's actually up to. And is it the, where's the resistance in all of this for us? Like, is it the changes, the change of the shopping trolley? Is it what what what's the hardest part about all of this? Oh, the hardest part I think is um change itself. Change. You know, but what I say to our clients is, you know, we often will recommend, as I said, a set period of time where we're going to cut this food out of your diet, and then we're going to retest it and just to see um, if you if you're going to react to it. And so I said, what I say then, and then it's totally your choice how much of this food you include in your diet. It's not me mm. telling you what you should eat you've actually discovered something that doesn't really suit or agree you agree and with you. That's great. And the fun thing about all of this is there's lots of support. You've got blogs, you know, just the bread we had this morning, that the bread. recipes on the, on the website. Gabrielle, Gabrielle got up early this morning to make that bread, which She's is wonderful. now just about all gone. 
Gabriel, uh, mate, we set your alarm clock every week now. Um, <laughs> listen, before we just Maybe go, we could do a gluten-free something else next week. Well, Gabriel next week's our last week, and I really encourage everyone to um, – w- well, let's let's talk about that food map uh, you mentioned there next week as our last Tuesday. And, of course, um, if people want to know more and we've got lots of information to share, that's the exciting part about this is that you really can, Dave – People can really make a difference with small changes. Most definitely. Solutions is our favourite segment because we get to share what's possible, what can be changed, and it's not over difficult. It's sometimes hard to change habits. Um, I mentioned a food intolerance test. What else can be done to find out if it's if it's in fact gluten intolerance? Um, that at this stage there's no other real definitive testing for gluten intolerance. Um, the, we do that the food IgG test, um, which is an immune complex, and that gives us an idea of a, a different type of reaction to an allergy, but it tells us definitely that your immune system's reacting to something. Um, I find one of the the um, or the other easy way that we can sort of determine that is through um, dietary removal. As I said, there is some confusion about the FODMAP diet, about whether we're seeing a reaction to gluten. But gluten gluten actually for a lot of people will have neurological type symptoms as well. So it's not always just the gut. So often with removing gluten, even if it was the fructan someone's reacting to, often they'll they'll see an improvement in their energy levels. They'll you know, they'll get less headaches, they'll um get less joint pain. So mm. you know, it can be quite so so that so it's the the food intolerance testing at this stage or and or the um, elimination type approach where you take it out and then you reintroduce it. And uh, I suppose just doing what you're doing today, listening, hearing about it, uh, having the conversation, looking up some information, going to a website, um, looking for it on menus and just, uh, if you like, approaching it that it's worth a try. Absolutely. Uh, like we, I would, I would say that as I mentioned before, dietary change, food affects people a lot more than they realize. And dietary change can be a really quick way to be feeling a lot better, a lot quickly, a lot quicker if you can work out what foods that you may be reacting to. Yeah, but we, gluten to me is definitely at the top of the list. And we've talked about many times and over the years on the program, change your biochemistry, change your life. And we've got wonderful stories to share it's not we haven't got the time to share all those uh with you here today but um the the passion behind what you do peter and the other practitioners is um observing and watching those changes and something simple as just eliminating something out of your diet be it gluten yes it's hard but after that uh, that initial change there's lots of times there's no going back you never really miss it yeah, that's right. That's what, like, there's only a short withdrawal period. Yes. And um, often after that, you know, and the goal is too, like we, we sort of really focus not just on removing all these foods, but working as much as possible to try and heal and repair the digestion. So that say, if you come across that food down the track, or if you're out somewhere and you have it, you're not going to get the severe reaction. So we actually want to try and repair the digestive system, improve the digestive system, and reduce the intolerance. And is there is there a detoxing process going on, or will there be a detox um, period where there's a downside? Interestingly, um, a lot of people experience that when they cut out something that they're reactive to. They'll often feel worse. The first three to five, to five days after, they might have headaches, often extreme fatigue, 
you know, and, and literally question whether this is a good thing, removing this food, but it's actually an adverse reaction that they're having to the to the withdrawal of that food. Yeah, so if you can get past then, you're, you're cool. Uh, you're home and host. That's great. Look, um, Dave, thanks again to Gabriel. It's a, uh, a big effort for us, but uh, everybody in the studio, as I said, we had to lock the door. And look, more information with recipes on the site. Please call me if you're interested in hearing more of what we've got to say. What's We're, that phone number if people would like to put a call through to find out more details? Yes, uh, 044-888-3838. Love to hear from you, answer your questions, and we might even see you one night. That's the one, 044 Back with the boys next Tuesday. Thank you very much for today. It's Health and Wellbeing for our sponsor, Balance Australia at 2NURFM.